Not all movie stars are created equal. If you were to trap all of Hollywood in amber and study it like an ancient ecosystem buried beneath layers of sediment and rock, you'd discover a latticework of unspoken hierarchies, thwarted ambitions, and compromises dressed up as career moves. The best time and place to conduct such an archaeological survey would undoubtedly be in late winter at 6801 Hollywood Boulevard, where they hand out the Academy Awards. By now, of course, the Oscars are populated as much by movie stars as by hangers-on. Publicists, stylists, red carpet correspondents, stylists and publicists of red carpet correspondents. The nominee is like a ship's hull supporting a small community of barnacles, cutting through hordes of photographers and flax and assistants, trying to stay out of the frame. She has endured months of luncheons and screenings and speculation. Now, a trusted handler will lead her through the thicket into the hall where her fate lies in an envelope. The 84th Academy Awards are no different. It's February 26, 2012, and the scene outside the Kodak Theater is a pandemonium of a zillion micromanaged parts. Screaming spectators in bleachers wait on one side of a triumphal arch through which the contenders arrive in choreographed succession. Gelled television personalities await with questions. Are they nervous? Is it their first time here? And whom, in the unsettling parlance, are they wearing? There are established movie stars, Gwyneth Paltrow in a white Tom Ford cape, newly minted starlets, Emma Stone in a red Giambattista Valley neck bow bigger than her head. If you care to notice, there are men, Brad Pitt, Tom Hanks, George Clooney, for some reason, there's a nun. Most of the attention, though, belongs to the women, and the ones nominated for Best Actress bear special scrutiny. There's Michelle Williams, pixie-like in a sleek red Louis Vuitton dress, Rooney Mara, a punk princess in her white Givenchy gown and forbidding black bangs, Viola Davis in a lustrous green Vera Wang, and Glenn Close, nominated for Albert Nobbs, looking slyly androgynous in a Zach Posen gown and matching tuxedo jacket. But it's the fifth nominee who will give them all a run for their money, and when she arrives, like a monarch come to greet her subjects, her appearance projects victory. Meryl Streep is in gold. Specifically, she's wearing a Lanvin gold lame gown, draped around her frame like a Greek goddess's toga. The accessories are just as sharp, dangling gold earrings, a mother-of-pearl minaudiere, and Salvatore Ferragamo gold lizard sandals. As more than a few observers point out, she looks not unlike an Oscar herself. One fashion blog asks, Do you agree that this is the best she has ever looked? The implication, not bad for a 63-year-old. Most of all, the gold number says one thing. It's my year. But is it? Consider the odds. Yes, she has won two Oscars already, but the last time was in 1983. And while she's been nominated a record-breaking 17 times, she's also lost a record-breaking 14 times, putting her firmly in Susan Lucci territory. Meryl Streep is accustomed to losing Oscars. And consider the movie. 
No one thinks that the Iron Lady in which she played a braying Margaret Thatcher is cinematic genius. While her performance has the trappings of Oscar Bate, historical figure, age prosthetics, accent work, they're the same qualities that have pigeonholed her for decades. In his New York Times review, A.O. Scott put it this way, Stiff-legged and slow-moving, behind a discreetly applied ton of geriatric makeup, Ms. Street provides, once again, a technically flawless impersonation that also seems to reveal the inner essence of a well-known person. All nice words, but strung together, they carry a whiff of fatigue. As she drags her husband, Don Gummer, down the red carpet, an entertainment reporter sticks a microphone in her face. Do you ever get nervous on carpets like this, even though you're such a pro? Yes, you should feel my heart, but you're not allowed to, she answers dryly.